Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 451 of the JV Club with my wonderful guest, Danny Green. She is one of the two lead singers of the wonderful Nashville-based band, Burr Talker. I hope very much that you will enjoy this episode. I hope everyone is staying well and hopefully leaning into finding some harmony in this current state of affairs. That's sort of what I wish for us all at this point. Enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you next week. How are you? How was your tour? Are you in between stuff or did you finish your tour? We're home. You're home, home. We're home now. And the only thing on our horizon right now is to play a show in Nashville next week. Nice. Um, and where are you? Well, I guess I should say, where is home in case I'm wrong? Yeah, we are all in Nashville. You are in Nashville. Okay. Currently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's really nice to wrap up a tour with a hometown. Oh, sure. Like, have friends and family out and just yeah. blow it out one last time. So, and you guys were—I mean, it was a—it it was not an insignificant amount of places that you were because I feel like you've been on tour for a while. How was it? Was it your first time yeah. getting back out into it, like amidst you know the the craziness of COVID and all this in the last couple of years? Yeah, it was. Um, Zach and I did an opening tour in 2019, so we as a band didn't tour much in 2019 at all and absolutely zero in 2020 um because we just kind of hunkered down and made our record so yeah it was the first time getting back out and leading up to the tour we had a lot more like nerves we had nerves about covid and just wondering how it was going to go down and if people would buy tickets and sure would we get sick and yeah. um all very normal <laughs> to sort of go eh. yeah strange times to tour yeah. in but oddly uh was very smooth and we had people come out to the shows and yeah it was super refreshing i think yeah. to get out and do it again and yeah um yeah i feel normal the emotion again. of i mean i've done a handful of live shows and then just some comic-con appearances and panels and stuff and yeah it's very it can be very emotional like the feeling of that wave of everyone being in a place for the same reason and feeling like kind of because for me I didn't I've said this before on the podcast recently but I just didn't have I'm I feel like I'm adaptive enough that I will just forget to miss something um consciously and so I'll be like I don't know listen it hasn't been that bad and then when the thing is reintroduced that's when you're like oh Oh God! Oh wow! I'm having a lot more feels than I thought I was going to have walking out on the stage. Very yeah. emotional. Did you have that experience? Yeah, that happened a lot. That happened a lot. Um, I don't think I thought about that going into it. Kind of like you're saying, I didn't have like an awareness of how that would hit me. But yeah, yeah, there were definitely nights that I was just uh, completely overwhelmed by the fact that we were all there and just by like music. Yes. And like, what a cool thing that we're doing oh, this. God, no All we do is make up songs and yes. record them. And now we're like at this event where we're all sharing this together. It's just, uh, it's like a lot to wrap your head around. It's funny. It's, it's a so lot simple, to wrap your head around. Yeah. But it's such a like uh, connective experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Was yeah. that, has that been like growing up for you? Was that a place where, because that certainly was true for me, like music was, very much a connective tissue in between not just between friendships but like you know in in the times when i felt i didn't feel like anywhere else anything else could access me or that i could feel known by a person like music more so even than you know books i think were mm-hmm. was that was that place was like oh, okay this is a safe haven you know and to have Absolutely. those sense memories that go along with certain pieces of music or bands or things that you listen to over and over and over again mm-hmm. at different points in your life like the nostalgia i hate i hesitate to use that word cuz i feel like i don't know i feel like that's an overused word for like people who you know want to go to 50s diners but like you know the the feeling of or or wishing that you were back in those times and that's not what that is for me i don't know if that's yeah. true for you but for me it's i don't no. i would never go back i don't want to feel <laughs> such a tenderness 
for those times and those feelings. And I like being able to touch base with them and not be in them anymore, but like let that feeling wash over me, you know? Yeah, but the feeling lives on. I think that's what's so amazing about music is that it becomes this like portal to a whole like emotional portal. Yes. Landscape. Absolutely. I feel like I've learned how to feel certain feelings because I heard a specific song. Yeah. made me have that feeling and then it showed me like oh that's that's the feeling it helped me tap into it because it's like this it's this little package of like an emotional experience absolutely yeah that gets to live forever you know absolutely did you have um i mean i i guess now i'm like already leaning into just the most cliched questions to ask a musician but uh we're do i mean there are for some people, it's Bob Dylan. For some people, it's Joni Mitchell. For some people, it's Aretha Franklin. For some people, it's Stevie Wonder. Like, were there um, particular musicians that you really felt like lyrically you had that kind of, oh, my God, this is, yes, this is it. You just said, you know, mm-hmm. two years of feelings that I couldn't articulate and put it into one stanza. Did you have that as a teenager, like, for example? Yeah. I'll have to think back <laughs> to like my, what I was listening to in my teenage years. But yeah, I mean, the first things that came to mind, my my dad's a huge Patty Griffin fan. And so we grew Ugh. up listening to her records. And yeah. so I think as like a songwriter, she was. Wow, she's a always, class act. She's so, yeah, oh she's so powerful and like deep and clear. And I yeah. think hearing like a very steady, strong female voice be very introspective and kind of fearless and feeling all these feelings um yes she was a real like safe space I guess or she kind of gave me this gave me something to latch on to yeah um so yeah she was a big one and then yeah in teenage years I was very much listening to like I loved John Mayer okay sure like rap music yeah 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 awesome (laughs) like I was yeah hopping around town with my friends and listening to rap and just like going hard feeling it where um, where were you a teenager in nashville i grew in nashville. up here oh yeah. nice okay yeah i you, that's one of those cities where like w- like la my default is to assume that people aren't from there right. and i'm often wrong yeah <laughs> like why have i not learned that many people grow up in cities or, or new york no new york is fair new york is like you don't you assume people didn't grow up in manhattan and you're almost always right you know but like people yeah. who live but that Nashville and L.A., it, it, there's a, a sense of it being a place that people migrate to, which is certainly true as well. But like more, so often I'm I assume that and people are like, no, I was born and raised here. I'm like, OK, I, I don't. Why would I? Mm-hmm. Why would I have to assume that? Yeah, I I don't meet a lot of people who that's the same for. But yeah, this, um, that's where I grew up. My dad and mom are from upstate New York and that's where they met, got married. And my dad wanted to write songs. So he moved the family down here. And OK. So you are like second gen passion for music. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my dad wanted to do. So I yeah, grew up with that being his job, which was like a weird thing when I was a kid because he didn't make money. And so Uh he like wrote (laughs) wrote songs during the day and delivered pizzas at night. And so now knowing that, like, it's amazing that he was so committed to like his love and making this dream come alive. Yeah. but at the time, I was like, thought that was a really weird thing. I didn't know anybody else whose dad sure had that job, and I was like, sure, I have a weird family, you know. But um, but yeah, I just I grew up with um, music, music in the house. Did he? What? How much was he able to share that with the world? Like, I know he wasn't making money, but was did he get a chance to like? Yeah, it took about thirteen years from when he started till he got a uh, number one uh, with. Sarah Evans I think that no yeah I think that was his first one um so yeah so he's had some success as a writer and like has a really thriving career now but oh great yeah he really was grinding it out there at the beginning which is a good I mean that's such a different experience of like I feel like being the child of somebody who is successful especially in the arts so frequently people wait to have kids until like they're they're in their career and they sort of you know what I mean like Tom Hanks had his second kid what you know yeah I'm using that as an example because I'm trying to remember when Colin his son did the podcast like his he was very much in his mom's world in the Bay Area and he would visit his dad on set but for sure there's an example of somebody who you know a lot of your early memories are of like your dad 
get getting paid good money to like do these artistic things. Um, yeah. But for somebody like you, having the experience of seeing the 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 arc of it on a much different, more diverse level of like, no, I've seen him delivering pizzas and I saw him get that number one. Yeah. What an interesting and I would assume helpful, if not scary, thing for you to know going in, right? Mm-hmm. As a musician yourself. Yeah. And it's funny because there were like jokes in the house growing up about um, how we should not be musicians and we should have real jobs, you know, <laughs> like he was very self-deprecating about his uh-huh. choices. Um, so and like that did sink in. Like I didn't think that I was going to have a creative career, a career in music. I w- I didn't know which way I was going, but I didn't yeah. see it as like a really viable option. So yeah, when I got married to Zach, my husband, and we started writing songs, um, I do think the fact that I watched my dad work so long kind of allowed me to settle into those beginning stages, you know. And I just yeah. I assumed that it was going to be a slow burn and. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it has not been that. It's actually moved really quickly. But yeah, I think it gave me a sense of like, uh, he also, he wanted to be a farmer. So I, I feel like they're actually, they turned out to be really similar careers. Oh, great Writing songs Analogy. and creating music. Yeah. It's like you cultivate the crop Absolutely. and you do what you can. And then you sort of just like try to sell it and yeah. see if people want it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that that metaphor really like hit home for me too of like, yeah, you're planting a seed and this is going to take time. But um, I think I had faith that like it could happen. might take a while, but something could happen, you know? Uh, Absolutely. No, I love, I absolutely love that metaphor. Um, Going back to you listening to hip hop on the streets of Nashville, um, (laughs) which isn't to say by the way, that there isn't like, a robust record because my understanding is like there's lots of of people recording hip hop in Nashville too like it's not which yeah. a lot of people don't assume they assume it's like the country music capital and that's that and but like that's right. not true right no yeah we have quite a, a like broad spectrum yeah of music that yeah gets recorded here and um yeah so that's a cool thing too and I think you're right something a lot of people don't know about Nashville there is a lot of country music but there's a lot of other stuff too for sure for sure what so what was that kind of like your experience of being into that and and kind of having that be part of your social infrastructure um what else would that entail like John Mayer and hip-hop are are amazing (laughs) combination of things to be super into um I think it speaks to like I think it's because of the authenticity of what you were into, quite frankly, because some people mm. feel like they just need to be into this. Like when you're a teenager, I feel like you're like, who am I? What do I like? Like, yeah. how defined does that need to be? And how exact and limiting does that need to be? Do I need to be the goth girl? Do I need to be, yeah. you know, the kid yeah. who's like, if I'm if I'm listening to hip hop, like I ain't admitting I'm also listening to John Mayer or whatever. That's maybe not a great example, but yeah. um, but it feels like you liked what you liked. I liked what I liked and I still have like a Uh really weird palette, I think, in terms of what I can enjoy musically. But um, but yeah, and I definitely felt that sense of like not really having an identity or wanting to know what my identity was at that time. But I don't know. I don't think I spent too much time on it because I just I had my band of buddies and we would just kind of like dance to music that we liked. And it wasn't really. it didn't feel like an identity at the time or like anybody needed me to build around that. It was just like, that was something we did together. So we just enjoyed it. Yeah. What was your high school? Like, was it a public school? Was it private school? Lordy, Lordy. So um, (laughs) (laughs) when dad got the first number one, we, uh, my parents took us out of public school and put us into a private Christian, like college prep school. Gotcha. Very small. I want to say I had like 70, ish in my graduating class yeah um so yeah a really small christian school and it was the church of christ which i had no exposure to before but um, i guess i still don't know what interesting yeah beliefs (laughs) and where does that fall in the spectrum of create i mean i guess if most christian maybe do do they are they teaching create absolutely creationism like prayer um, and school atonement theory like jesus saves you from your sins people oh my god i i don't mean i all do respect because i 
I feel like I'm fairly open. I mean, I have my issues with Mormonism, but anyway, uh, because I had to go to church as a Mormon. But uh, atonement theory, th- th- you've just made it sound so scientific uh, in a way I've never heard. I've never heard that expressed before. I think that's I the kind term of love that. For, yeah. Atonement theory. I, I mean, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, because that came later. You know, I remember learning about this somewhere. But yeah, that idea that like Jesus was saving people from sins was not like an original Christian idea kind of came later. And some guy was like, I think this is what it is. And everybody was like, okay. And we sort of latched onto it and went from there. So it is all a theory, which is sort of uh, relieving. It was relieving when I I learned that. I guess that that is what I'm saying. I am saying that (laughs) That leaves it open. Yes, exactly. We were working with That's not fact. That's not cold, hard, you know, immutable facts. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you might find testing it time and time again that it doesn't work it for you. Who work. knows? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and what was your friend group make of like, did you, you just kind of said you had your kind of inner circle, you had your buddies. Um, were you uh, a good student? Were you kind of rebellious? Like, were you sampling uh, various and sundry mind altering substances mild yeah. to, you know, what was that all about? No, I was really... Um... So it was quite a shock to like move to that environment in like the sixth and seventh grade. Um, So like I really tried to snap into the culture. I think I really tried to like do it right. And like I feel like I was just going along with all the Church of Christ sort of pomp and circumstance. Like I didn't really get it, but I was Uh just like, okay. And I would just sort of go along with it because everybody else was into it. Yeah. Um, But. Yeah, I really tried to play by the rules. I I like never smoked or drank or like I was very um yeah, it was like a a tension I think between wanting to be rebellious and then mm. like really wanting to be a part of the group and make sure my parents were proud cuz they put me in the school and yeah, all I was that ask stuff. That. So like if you have a mutually yeah. respectful relationship with your parents and and your and it was exciting and important for your parents to be able to offer that up to you as like a, a, a love language, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Then that's a whole different feeling than you didn't want to go there. They're really strict. They wanted you to go there. You fought about it and you went. Like that's more probably likely the kid that's gonna like go. You know, it's like skipping school like smoking cigarettes and stuff because there's that's that there's a tension that you just like lean into versus you trying to kind of hold those things in check because you weren't out to like hurt your parents or you know disregard what they were all about so I totally get that and I think I yeah I watched them struggle financially and I knew it was a big deal that they were able to give this to us and yes so yeah I tried to do it right and I was like a really good student and super invested in that way and then I went to college and it all sort of (laughs) after that but (laughs) but in high school I did a really really good job yeah what were you (laughs) and 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 beyond like hanging with your friends and and listening to music and and that were you a big movie buff like were you a tv kid were you Mm, not really god what did I do I played sports I was a volleyballer okay which was fun and tennis for a little bit there at the end but yeah, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. We were just chillers, you know, uh-huh. uh, like <laughs> I watch comedies with my friends. Yeah. You know, like we would hang out and watch movies. But God, yeah, I just remember dance parties and like going on spring break every year. And yeah, just where do, where, do, where do you go for spring break if you're a Nashville kid going to Church of Christ? Everybody goes to oh. Destin, Florida. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a mass migration in the yeah. springtime. I never had I just wasn't part of that world. Yeah, it always seemed like I, I'm going through this thing and I don't know if you've experienced this at all where now I'm I've I, this is something that I, I talk about occasionally. But this idea of like trying to ascribe like a lack of coolness or a lack of awareness or or appreciation of something that's in pop culture. I now blame on like, oh, well, I'm just not a kid anymore. Like, I'm not cool. I'm, I'm, I'm an old lady, whatever. Like, I sort of <laughs> dismiss it. But then I have to like back up on myself and go, but you never liked top 40. Like you weren't listening to top 40 music when you when you know what I mean? Like there's this is not a thing where suddenly you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm trying you were to never look, cool. Is what I was you're never saying. cool. I'm trying to project back as if like I would have known 
like back in the day I where those, I was really tapped in. Well, I think so. It's very solipsistic and very like ego based. I think at its worst, but it is that feeling of like like when someone when someone brings up like a YouTube star or someone brings up like a you know very famous pop musician. I won't mm-hmm. use Billie Eilish because I feel like she's very much in that category like Adele where she sort of crosses all of these different borders. Yeah. But if it were just like straight like pop, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't ha- I, I have to like check myself and go, dude, you didn't know who those people were when you were a teenager. Like yeah. people give you shit then for not knowing what was going on unless it right. was like, you know. Like the Cure's guitarists left, and he and Erasure formed a blah, whatever. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, but it's funny the way you sort of try to like map out your coolness or like your awareness of pop culture. It starts to warp and become something different as you get older. Then you're like, I guess I'm just don't know what the kids are up to. But it's like I didn't know what the kids were up to then, unless it was yeah. a certain group of kids. You know, have I ever really known what's going on? Have I ever? <laughs> known what's going on i think the answer for me is no Uh i feel in a lot of ways like i live under a rock and even now i'm just such a passive like consumer i think Mm. of like pop culture and yeah even music sometimes it's like yeah i want to like listen to this and engage with it but i don't like go learn about the artist and like yeah you know you didn't have that like fan fandom hunger of i need to own every one of these like i need to know yeah every single like b-side that came out as a single on spotify or yeah um, see every like i need to see every one of this director's films because i've decided Mm. that it's my favorite director kind of thing like a collector Mm. almost like a collector right even if it's not a physical collection like a collection of knowledge yeah not really not since (laughs) in sync i don't think (laughs) i think that's the last time i felt that level of like hunger yeah um <laughs> yeah i don't know what that is but that's, it's nice that's, it's I'm like saying I, probably tied to some hormone stuff too oh absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely opposed to me being like at some point i decided i loved robert altman movies because i was like one of those kids who's like i'm into movies that were only made before i was born or whatever like you go through yeah. that pocket and yeah. but that was not but that was a different kind of obsession than like the fact that i was like i'm pretty sure i will either marry jodie foster or steve martin like those are the two people <laughs> either one i'm destined to be with both great choices okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun you're in a theater the lights go down you're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas you look at them and think that person is so obviously in love with their best friend wait am i in love with my best friend that character's mom is so overbearing why doesn't she just stand up to her oh god do i need to stand up to my own mother if you've ever recognized yourself in a movie then join me jordan cruciola for the podcast feeling seen We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. What were your relationships like or your crushes like? Like, who were you sort of falling for? Was that did that have the same kind of diversity as like your other cultural interests? Or was it like, oh, I always fall for the guy on the motorcycle or I always fall for like the sweet nerd that I think I can have a thing with. But then I realize we should just be friends. Like, was there any kind of pattern there? I do feel like that was um, a bit broad as well. But I always like since Justin was always in love with the singer Uh and musician and someone who was just so fully like into his music and his Uh feelings and um but zach it's funny zach's the first musician i actually dated so i never i never connected with anybody in that way before that but that was always where my crushes were yeah and like dancing was big to me too if somebody was a good dancer yeah yeah we should dance (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, how tall are you if you're a volleyballer? I'm five five. Okay, I was just curious. Just curious. I'm not tall, but well, no, there's again, no judgment like there. Like I said, small I just school, yeah. and I played a lot of defense. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I can jump pretty high, so Which is I could awesome. I could hold my own as an yeah. outside leader. But yeah, I'm petite. It's cooler <laughs> when you're if you're if you're not 
if the genetics of it aren't like a natural plus, yeah. like you have to be able to jump higher. And it that is pretty cool. I know. Kind of fun to have to <gasps> yeah. just work so hard for something. That's you know? right. That's right. Were <laughs> you writing funny. music? Were you were you a writer, like in terms of expressing yourself, like keeping journals or writing poetry or writing songs when you were a teenager? Y- no, none of that. <laughs> None of that. I really felt like I was about to get a different answer. I know. It's so funny. You were literally nodding with me the whole time. And then your mouth made the Y sound. And you were like, no. <laughs> You're right. I did a perfect fake out. It was such a fake out. <laughs> nodding is about like how all I'm, you're just, following. You're an I've active listener. About You're a respectful active listener. Yeah recently because yeah all this my creative self I was not really in tune with uh in like high school and even in college I would let myself I enjoyed music and I enjoyed like doing art when I had the chance but I didn't really journal and I studied English lit in college so I had to write papers a lot but they were all like analysis about something yeah exactly I never took a creative writing class uh which is very funny to me when I look back because now I it makes so much sense to me to orient my life around all these things. And now yeah. they're the things I want to do every day. Like I journal like crazy and love to write and listen to music and just get into it. But I, I've i had to like uh, work those things into my life mm. now. And I think it goes back to that split I was talking about where I just I had not entertained the idea of a creative life as the way I was going to go. So these were things that I was just like, I like them, but I should do other things. I should have a other job like this. And which it sounds like, I mean, your parents mantra probably did have again, because I mean, do you feel like that's you can do draw that straight line? Like, I mean, they did joke about don't do this. Don't yeah. try to do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they thought it, they were gently joking about it, that like, I know. you don't know how much that creeps into a person's psyche to where yeah. they're like, yeah, I guess I don't. I guess I'm not going to do that. You know, I guess that is a bad idea. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Young people. I feel like I took everything so seriously. Do you have siblings? Did you say? Yeah, I do. I have two older brothers. Oh, two older brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And are they, so, did they do, uh, do they have those similar creative strains that they weren't yeah. doing anything about or did they? No, my brother got on the train early. Uh, my oldest brother, Randy, he started playing guitar and kind of writing music when he was in high school and he had a band in college and got a record deal after that. And Oh, nice. So he's done that and and now mostly writes and produces but yeah, we're sort of split down the middle because my other brother is um, a pediatric oncologist. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's my... the one in the family that everyone's like, thank you for making what we do feel meaningless. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> thank good you for, for being you. the biggest hero of all time. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he gets that honest from my mom because she was a physical therapist. And sure. So, yeah, we have like this medical side of the family that's out there actually like saving lives and helping people. And then we have the three like, creative like fuck offs and but we're just yeah like, at the same time all it takes is one person <laughs> saying your music got me through the hardest time in my life for you to be like no. i am a doctor I know. i'm a music doctor like so you are that's, that's a- so important can you imagine a life devoid of the arts like a life no. where a doctor i mean that was the best feeling during covid for me was feeling like and i'm i'm sure again that goes back to us talking about the feeling of being on stage you know not having been able to do it but Having someone say, I'm a first responder and I just want to thank you for this thing that you did because it got me through that. I'm going to cry. But mm-hmm. that's such a feeling of like, oh, God, I'm in the food chain. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a contributing factor to the environment. Yeah. And it's easy to lose sight of that when you're focused on the immediate the moment of, of trauma or the moment of an emergency, or the moment of like, what's the what's what's saving lives in a in a physical, actual, literal, like palpable way versus this sort of nebulous, like the muses and like, you know, this and that. Right. And then you you hear that. And, you know, I'm sure and I'm sure your brother is the first person to say that, like, ugh, thank God we're not all pediatric oncologists. Like, thank God I can go home and watch a comedy and listen to music I like. And that's right. so important to your your daily diet of being a human being. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was such uh, an important thing for me to learn. I used to like really be at war with myself as stuff with Bird Talker, 
like started going really well, I felt a lot of guilt about it. And when we started making money and I was like, oh my God, my job is music. And this feels like <laughs> crazy. And I feel like an idiot. Oh. Um, and even like last year, like real moments of crisis like that, I think I really yeah. get this feeling of like, um, I don't know, just an awareness of how intangible the thing that I can offer is, yeah. you know, but I've really, uh, yeah, I've been able to come to appreciate that. And, Good. um, yeah, like you said, just hearing feedback from people that it really does matter. And then like when I turn it back on myself, it's like I know without a doubt that music has gotten me through so much in my life. Like if I imagine a world without music, my whole body gets cold and yeah. I feel like I want to die. Like I yeah. I know how important it is to me. But for some reason I couldn't take that and apply it to music that I made, you know. I, I know was, we can never we can never give ourselves the advice we give our friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or at least we can't take our own advice. I know. Like I was always the exception. Like, well, my music is Yeah. It's a it's amazing <laughs> how many what what like gymnastics we do to make sure that we are excluded from the positivity of love Absolutely. and like appreciation yeah. that we feel yeah. for everything else. It's like right. oh, oh no no no. I'm a, I flip that switch quick when it when it comes to myself. Right. You know? And you feel like I feel like I'm being a good person when I do that, you know? Like yeah. it's better to be humble or whatever, but it's like that's just as narcissistic. Right. To believe that you're the only one that these things uh -huh. don't apply to. It's like, for Shut sure. The fuck up. Oh my God. It's so and great to, re it. to release that. <laughs> it's so great to be like, oh, I'm very much like everyone else in most yeah. of the ways. Right. Eh, maybe I could be special in like these ways that each of us has our own special little like magic rocks inside us or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah. I can let go of the idea that I'm like spectacularly broken in this like amazingly un unfixable way because no one could possibly, yeah. you know, it's like, nope. Right. I love it. I love saying to my therapist, would you mind telling me that this thought I'm having right now is like something you've heard before? <laughs> you know, I like mm -hmm. love that feeling. Yeah, I love that feeling. It's such a relief. And I didn't oh, I think I didn't best. always allow for that. I had to like, you know, yeah. you, you put those walls up. You really see what depression can do in terms of like that isolation, that that very negative solipsistic isolation that is like, oh, no, you're getting none of the benefits of being self-absorbed and all of the trauma. <laughs> like, there's nothing good happening here in any way. It's so hard. Yeah. And you want to, like, let people out and, you know, I, I, but I think, honestly, again, that's art, right? I mean, that's that as yeah. much as therapy, like having that access. It's funny, you were saying, talking about music and all of a sudden I flashed to, like, my dad when I was little was a, a big Sean Colvin fan. And mm. I remember one of her like songs that was on the radio all the time and stuff was I guess it was I don't know why I think it's it's called. But there's a very she just goes super literal. And there's a part that says, you know, if there were no music, I would not get through. And mm -hmm. at the time, I remember thinking like, I mean, that's a little on the nose, Sean. But <laughs> now I'm like, I mean, yeah, somebody had to say it. <laughs> I know. Like she said it. Yeah, It's true. You yeah. know. Yeah, it's like this sort of therapeutic relationship that we get to have. Cause like yeah. I was saying before, like there were feelings I didn't, uh, feelings that I heard echoed in music for the first time or like lyrics that, uh, you know, made me feel like, so I'm not the only one who feels that way or I'm not yeah. the only one who thinks that, you know? So it's like those moments that you get with your therapist. It's like I've had so many of those with music that I consume. And then other people have that with mine, but it's like, it really is this very vulnerable, like therapeutic space that we get into when we express things like that through whatever our creative medium is. But absolutely, it's just sort of, yeah, opening, opening up and being like, I feel this, you too. And yeah. Then like, yes. And we just relax. It's the makes it the scariest <laughs> and the most satisfying. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's so scary to, to put yourself out in that particular way. Yeah. Especially, like you said, coming from... You know, you're in, you're you if you've been on the other side where you study lit, you know, you're yes, you're aided by the fact that like, OK, I, clearly I'm like aware and appreciative of writing because I'm studying it and talking about it, but I'm also not producing it. So I don't 
that's such a different muscle of analyzing oh, yeah. someone else's work versus being like, okay, now I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I'll put my thing out there. Right. That, and I, I think that goes well. Why I never did it is because it yeah. terrifies me still to this day every time I do it. So, yeah. But you just learn to love that feeling, I think, and love what is on the other side of it, too. Absolutely. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. (laughs) Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. (laughs) There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses, hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. I want to get into this MASH game. Have you ever played MASH? Mm. It stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, and House. And it is something that is very much just like a weird, like time-wasting wish fulfillment. Exactly right. I I like to end... Every episode with it, and I like to um, kind of lean into things that, you know, I don't want to give you, like, a category that would totally, you'd be like, I don't like that thing. Why would you ask me to pick three <laughs> positives to this thing? So I'm going to try to lean into what I know about you. Um, okay. We'll start out with a, a, a what I think is a softball, just in the sense of I hope that you're not like, oh, I can't even think of one. Um, right. Might be tough because you might think of too many, but three um, musicians that you... and it can be that they have all they're all deceased it can be that it could still happen because they're alive and well but three musicians Mm. that you would love to have collaborated with or to collaborate with collabs wow (laughs) um wow i'll just i'll speak from the present because this i feel like who i'm connected to it changes all the time right now artists that make me feel very excited are jacob collier and her and uh, Nick Hakim um, or Sam Gindel. That's four. But it's true that I stopped at Nick make, Hakim because I did run out of lines. It's three, and that's the rules game. of the game, and <laughs> we should stick to it. <laughs> it's a bitter pill that you have to swallow. Uh, speaking of swallowing a bitter pill, three yeah. foods that in this reality perhaps you are allergic to or feels like it's not great for the environment on some level or um, it's a thing that you had this one place, this one time, and you wish that you could have it all the time because it tasted so amazing. This is In this in this MASH universe we're creating, uh, all ramifications go out the window. So if you want to eat you know, oh. an entire birthday cake, you will not feel sick, you will not get fat, oh, you will cool. not get diabetes. Like, this is total wish fulfillment and it could also just be like or it could be you know i know there's mercury in fish so please give me mercury free you know tuna whenever i want it the snap of my fingers so that's kind of what the so three foods like that that it's not that the only thing you're eat you're eating it just means you could have those whenever you want it the snap of your fingers no ramifications that i can eat all the time exactly i um i can eat a whole tub of dried dates Mm. And I do without shitting often. your pants. Uh, That's what would happen to me. Yeah, because I love a date. There's, mm-hmm, yeah, no, that happens for sure. <laughs> and we just sort of work it in and roll with it. But I love them so much. Yeah, that I I eat a lot of those. Wonderful. Um, dolmas. I yeah, would just great. eat dolmas every day. Dolmas and dates. I guess I like live in the. De- I'm some sort of. Sultan There's some good Middle Eastern desert. and yeah, and 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 uh, absolutely Mediterranean food happening. Yeah, it's delicious. Because like wonderful. that and like avocado and then yeah. like oily fish. And oh yeah, like walnut. all day long. Just yeah, like you've just named all the things. Yeah, I, I just mm-hmm. should we throw I, avocado in here? Yeah, yeah. Let's do avocado. I in all in in any form that you want it. Um, yeah, I I take it. I take it anyway. Great. Um, 
Great. Uh, okay, three movies that you can jump into and you're not reliving the plot. It's just a way to sort of be in that atmosphere, be in that world whenever you want with those characters, just kind of getting that feeling all over you of that movie that you love. Three. Ooh, yeah. I grew up with the original Star Wars trilogy. So I always wanted to be be there. Um, so I would choose that one. I also grew up with the movie. Are Willow. you telling me that you think you just picked three movies in one? That was one, my answer. Oh, that is very <laughs> sneaky. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let it go. I'm no, it I do have another one though. Did you ever watch the movie Willow? Yeah, Val Gilmer. So good. I used to love that yeah. movie, and it was so weird. I mean, I'm not sure it's good, but it's so good. You know it's what I mean? Not good, but I loved <laughs> it. I loved it. Yeah. Um. So that would be another I support, one. I support that very much. Yeah. Um, and then maybe Muppet Treasure Island. That was another Great. favorite. Lots of adventure, oh but God. like no real danger, right? I'm so proud to say that my friend directed Muppet Treasure Island. Are so you serious? If you ever want to meet the oh, they wonderful Kirk Thatcher, <laughs> he's the best. And I t- absolutely am going to email him and say... My new friend Danny totally picked like he loves your yeah movie. she loves the Mup Treasure Isle never called it that never will again uh, okay Isle. amazing amazing I will call it that forever um, with that in mind I feel like I'm seeing a, uh, I'm feeling I'm I'm seeing a lot of like Henson Company uh, touchings on these things that you've picked there's there's some Henson Company happening in Star Wars trilogy obviously mm-hmm. um, Willow I don't know I can't remember if that's Henson <laughs> but I feel like there could have been like a puppet here or there um, yeah yeah let me ask you this give me three uh, n- non-human characters that for some reason you get to interact with so it could be like clifford the big red dog kermit and snuffy or you know whatever but three fictitious in in inhuman uh creatures you get to hang with okay let's go with choice number one is totoro from my neighbor totoro oh my god absolutely i'd go take a nap on his belly absolutely um who else uh, when, I loved Winnie the Pooh when I was a kid. Oh, sure. I'd chill with Winnie for an afternoon. You know, because I just saw um, a video today of um, a TikTok from The Mandalorian, I'll say Baby Yoda. I'd like to snuggle Baby Great. Yoda. I guess I'll say. And protect him. Grogu. And take him from place to place. That's his name. Yeah. Grogu. That shocked everyone. Like, yeah. Really? 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 Okay. Gro- Grogu. Grogu. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, three places in the world that we're going to give you the opportunity to have a second home. Doesn't have to be a vacation home. Could be busy working career home. But second home, someplace uh, in the world, even if you've never been there. Um, mm. And we're going to sort of be able to teleport you there. So you don't have to think about like, oh, I would love to have a second home in New Zealand, but it takes a long No, we're getting rid of the, the travel. If yeah, can. I'm just there. Let's go. Um, I just went to Kauai this year. I'd like to have a house there that I could hop over to whenever maybe one in like France, French countryside, and then, you know, a little hut in Thailand on a beach somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. All due respect to Zach. You can handle this however you want to, but MASH okay. games do have a component of romance, sexy times, companionship, however you want to think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, three people. I don't care if they're cartoons, animals, uh, humans from 100 years ago, Mm. uh, you know, a character that Brad Pitt played once in something. So you're not even picking Brad Pitt. Whatever you want. Three uh, alternate universe, sexy times, romance, or just like, you know, companionship. Good Lord. Well, we'll start with Val Kilmer from Willow. (laughs) Um, And we'll go with Justin Timberlake. Great. From From the early days. Yeah, great. Bleached hair. Um, I love Dev Patel. I'd like for him to hug me, wrap me up. Oh my God. Did you, have you seen the the David Copperfield that he just did? I, yeah, I think I watched half of it. I tend to do that. Oh yeah. You watched it. I don't think I went back and watched the end, Uh but yeah, I have seen some of it. I love that one. That was, it's, it's so strange. I mean, it kind of has that Terry Gilliam quality where it's just like, 
so, the magical realism sort of yeah. kooky, yeah. but I, I loved it. I also thought it was yeah. a great soundtrack, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, two final categories. Let's do okay. uh, alternate universe career. So just something else that you could try your hand at mm-hmm. in this alternate universe. Okay. Um, a pilot. I'm a pilot somewhere. Wonderful. I fly. Uh, somewhere else, I am a... Maybe I'm an architect. Great. I know how to build, design and build things. And then in another one, um, I'm the sultan in the desert maybe, and I have no job. Great. And I eat dates and dolmas <laughs> all day long. <laughs> That's the number one. <laughs> the number one reason is still fairly simplistic in a very charming way. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, final one, let's do three skills that maybe you have or maybe you don't have at all uh, that we can sort of either enhance for you overnight or mm. just give you a whole new skill that you yeah. heretofore have not had. Yeah. I would like to, I've been over here wailing on this drum set today and I am not a drummer. Uh-huh. Um, I would like to be able to play every instrument. Great. Just play everything. Yes. Um, speak every language, maybe. Sure. Absolutely. Multilingual. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe I understand like coding and computers and stuff because I don't at all. And I think it would help me if I did. I agree. I feel uh, I would. I think I would pick all of these. I would pick. I would happily pick all three of the sa- same exact skills that you picked. So yeah, that'd be fun. Big thumbs be up really for fun. me. Cool. Um, pick a number between one and seven. Seven. Okay. While I do these extremely important scientific calculations, in yes. which I uh, come up with a result of your one hundred percent guaranteed uh, alternate universe mesh life. Wow, cool. Would you mind telling people about uh, where they should be listening to your music? And anything else that you would like for people to be keeping track of and investing in uh, with your wonderful gifts and talents? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you can listen to our music on any streaming platform. Um, Our name is Bird Talker, and you can find us on social media um, at Bird Talker Music. And we're on Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook um, we just finished up a nationwide tour. We have one more show, if anybody's in the Nashville area, um, on Tuesday the 14th in Nashville at the Mercy Lounge, um, which is closing down. So we're all oh. really excited to get to play there one more time. So that'll yeah, be a special Why is it closing? One. I don't know. It's not like, uh, the, there's precise, no sign on the thing that's like, guys, we couldn't do it anymore because... Can't make rent. Yeah, right. no, I, I don't know the story, but... Hmm going away um so yeah and just uh follow us on socials um our website's birdtalkermusic.com and we're going to announce some more uh tour dates next year we just released um our second album in october so that's out and available to stream and yeah we're just gonna get back in the studio and make more music next year love it so yeah love it i love that i do have your results okay uh, I have your test results. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm excited about your next tour because on your next tour, I want you to rest assured that you could travel the globe and you would be able to have a conversation with every single fan because you do speak all languages. I do. Not bad. Yeah. That's a dream. And that's come such, true. I mean, talk about a, a relationship to a culture through its language. Like the world that that cracks open for you everywhere oh you go is like yeah. this sort of like profound understanding of a culture through being able to speak all of these languages. So oh. that's a huge win, in my opinion. Huge win. Key. Also, yeah, master key. Also helpful for you as a pilot because you can feel empowered to, you're not going to have to like point to any emojis. Uh, if your plane is having no. some problems, if you have to like land in a in a place you've never been before, no, you're going to be able to have fly a conversation. anywhere and talk yeah. to whoever's around. Yeah, so I mean, stoked. talk about freeing. Yeah, some of that involves. I mean, listen, you can teleport there or you can fly there. We know you can fly there yourself, but you certainly do also have a beautiful now, slightly confusing, but you do of mansion, apartment, shack, and house. You did get an apartment, but it's in the French countryside. So <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> 
I guess it's like maybe a small, it's a smaller, one of the smaller towns like near the Loire River um, where it's still like, there may still be like a quadruplex, you know, and then the bakery's next door. And so it's an apartment, but it's a beautiful apartment in the French countryside. I'll take Um, it. Congratulations on that. Thank you. also, just unlimited, a lot of great cooking can happen in that region. Um, rest assured, you will never want for an avocado, oh, whether or not you're eating it simply or it's being incorporated into some cuisine. Uh, endless avocado supply with zero ramifications. Ooh. I am very excited to hear your collaboration with Jacob Collier. Yeah. I think that's going to be yield Me some too. very, very cool stuff. God, who um, knows? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, listen, you're going to be able to engage with this uh, creature. I'm not sure it's going to yield a full congr- uh, collaboration, but I want you to know that Grogu is. <laughs> Grogu's in the picture. Grogu's in the picture. He is. And I'll tell you what you could do. I'll tell you this. I feel like if you took Grogu into Willow with you, because you can jump into Willow whenever you want and be in that world, For I think you would appreciate real? that. He might eat stuff he's not supposed to because he sends, I guess he tends to do that, but you can go into into Willow. Yeah. With or without Grogu, you can go into Willow whenever you want as a sort of palate cleanser. It's pretty overwhelming, but keep going. It's a lot. I know. I know. I'm glad you're sitting down. Ooh, me too. Uh, And that just leaves us with this uh, person that you're sharing all of these many adventures with. And I, I have to tell you that it is Dev Patel. It is. And he's a total dreamboat. I so thought it would be. I think you've done extremely well. I think so too. And listen, if you if you need to have like a some sort of one night stand with Val Kilmer while you're in Willow, <laughs> that's also on the table. He with the is long still, hair he's still a part of it. And the open the flowy open shirt. <laughs> Just like the guy in the dance. What is it? Uh River Dance. Oh sure, River Dance or like on any romance novel circa like nineteen ninety. That shit got me too, because that yeah. guy he could dance. You yeah, know? he could and dance. It really did it for me. Oh, I love it. Open Those shirt. Open yeah. Shirts. Flowing shirt flowing hair open Ooh. shirt. Watch out, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Throw on your clogs and love it. Uh, (laughs) This has been so much fun. What a pleasure. Thank you so much for sitting down with me post tour. Uh, Everyone, please listen to Bird Talker. Do yourself a major favor and uh, get wrapped up in their music. And I I love the the whole conversation we had around it. I feel like that's a nice thing to carry with you. If you're not familiar with a band, you can carry uh, all the stuff that you now know into this conversation, uh, into your conversation with the music. And uh, I'm excited. I think we've, we've built some new fans here today. I think we did. Thank you so much for having me. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.